0: Yeah. Hi, John. Can you hear me?
1: I can. You can hear.
0: Yes, perfect. perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time this evening, John.
1: Well, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk with you.
0: Well, I know that, but I just wanted to. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> but, um, thank you so much for joining us. Anybody who's listening to this, uh, welcome to the Dow of June. Tonight, I have a special guest. We're going to call him Papa John because. That's what we, what we how we called him. It was it was his nickname in our Brookhaven Toastmasters Club where I first met John. And I'm not sure if you were officially my mentor or I just looked up to you as a mentor. <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, he was one of the first people that really inspired me when I visited the club. It was the first club I visited, and I ended up staying and just joining. And he was one of the really real big reasons, one of the key factors of me deciding to join Toastmasters. And to have him here tonight, I just feel so privileged and I really appreciate your time, John. Um, and John, uh, you want to just tell us how you came to Brookhaven Toastmasters? Because you joined, you, how long were you a member there before I actually joined? Because I joined in 2019.
1: Yeah, I, I joined a little bit earlier before you, than you, but actually I originally joined Toastmasters uh, back in two thousand and eight, so a long time ago, a decade wow. ago. <laughs> and how yeah, how it all started out is that I had recently at that time two thousand eight moved to the city of Houston, Texas. Didn't know anybody. Uh, was you know feeling a little alone, and I heard about this singles group called the Professionally Speaking singles Toastmasters. I had no idea what Toastmasters oh. was. I, it sounded weird, but I, I, I knew the singles club. I like I to meet some women, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: I went to Toastmasters <laughs> because it was a singles club. And then I indeed did meet women there, but then I stayed because I, I fell in love with Toastmasters. So that's a funny. That's a true story of how I got started in Toastmasters.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad you said that because Um, even myself the reason why I joined Toastmasters was because I had to start speaking to groups of people and I got stage fright and just forgot forgot my name even I mean I couldn't talk stuttering and so I I learned that Toastmasters is somewhere you go to learn to speak but I just didn't know what to expect I thought it was very formal I was even thinking do I need to wear a certain tie to the meeting (laughs) I didn't know what the dress code was it just feels kind of intimidating but yeah, like, you joined it without even knowing it was Toastmasters.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard people say one of the biggest fears in life uh, is, is the fear of public speaking. It's really up there it is one of the biggest phobias people have. And the whole purpose of Toastmasters is to help people overcome that phobia, because that phobia will hold you back in life. Your your fear of public speaking will limit your, your career opportunities, your, your abilities to build friendships, uh, engage with your community and so i believe whole, toastmasters is really is one of the most wholesome activities that there is it's just a great great activity to meet people in your community engage with each other and learn to become a better communicator
0: yeah i i like you said i think that once we uh, challenge ourselves because i think the fear of speaking is something that a lot, almost everybody i don't know if anybody's actually born just naturally, I mean, I'm sure there are, but for the majority of us, it is a big fear and a, a huge challenge. I mean, I've always avoided it when people ask me, even at church, my mom's church, like go up and speak, uh, like I would start shaking. But when we start to overcome things like that, I think that uh, like one one thing affects another, you know, one area of your life affects another. And I think that's why it starts to really help build leadership skills because by, by learning how to confront that fear and control it, we start to, I guess, become more confident in tackling other areas of our lives that might be difficult or challenging or even scary.
1: Absolutely. I fully agree. I, I,
0: what's so rewarding
1: in Toastmasters is to watch people walk in the door for the first time, give their icebreaker and they're, you know, they're shaking on stage that can barely make it to 30 seconds. <laughs> and then over the time, keep watching them improve, get better and better. And then by speech number 10, speech number 20, they're just they're like the master of the universe in speaking. And you see that progression. And that's what's so rewarding is, is I view mentoring and Toastmasters really a two-way street. I think I've learned as much from my mentees and they've learned from me. Uh, and, and be able to watch them grow and overcome their fears and conquer their fears and become a better speaker, communicator, and leader is really a rewarding experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think I agree that it's uh, the mentoring experience, like you can't, once you, once you overcome that initial fear and you do the icebreaker speech, for those who, who aren't familiar, the icebreaker speech is the first speech that all members give um, no matter what their goals are. Uh, that's the speech that you give to kind of introduce yourself to the club and it's called the icebreaker because that is the first speech that you're you know, introducing. But anyways, yeah. Once we get past that, and you know what I noticed myself, even after that very first speech, I didn't want to go back. <laughs> because really? I felt so, yeah. I felt so embarrassed. I felt like, Oh man. But then I think it's that perfectionist nature in me. Like if I didn't do great, I don't even want to do it anymore. You know, it's like, And I I realized it was, it's so unrealistic of me to expect myself to go and knock it out the park in my first speech. Just, you know, it's like, it's called your icebreaker, you know, and nobody expects anyone to, you know, be perfect or knock it out the park, their first speech. But for some reason, yeah, it's like, oh man, you know, like I was scared. I forgot what I was about to say. I was shaking and I made stupid jokes because I was nervous and it wasn't part of the speech. and then parts that I really wanted to say i couldn 't remember, and then when I heard the feedback, I think that was that's another really uh, really key part of the meetings that I think is so that's so valuable is getting that evaluation, getting that feedback for how you did on your speech, and things that you can improve on. It was really difficult for me, but it was something that I needed to work on because i'm very i'm not good at giving criticism or critiques or uh you know areas because with when groomers newer groomers send me their pictures they ask me like oh how did I do I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings I I don't tell them things I can see that they can improve on and I'm not giving them any value and I realized that I forget who it was but there's a lady in one of the contests that we did at our club she said that the word value is in the is in the word evaluation Hmm. It, because there's value in it. And I, it really made me think like, wow, yeah, I, I really need to like, that's one thing that I, I can sense that really changed in me because I joined back in yeah January 2019. <laughs> wow. I've been there for over a year, but yeah, now I look forward to, I, I'm almost eager to hear where I can improve things that they someone caught that I missed, you know, cause I really, I realized that's where all the value is. But I think in the beginning when I first joined mm-hmm. like yeah it was scary almost to you know because after the speech it's almost like you're gonna say it in front of all these people and they're looking at me <laughs>
1: yeah, and look at you now you're now the vice president running the Brookhaven Toastmasters club so
0: no I'm not I just I know I'm, I'm just the public relations officer there you go <laughs> you're
1: the vice president of public relations of the Brookhaven Toastmasters club so just like your own progression from your, your icebreaker just a short few months ago to now the vice president running the club. I mean, that makes me proud that uh, to see, see you grown in that, in that dimension. And yeah, it's just a really transformative experience. That's how I always uh, try to tell people about Toastmasters. It's a very transformative experience. And in regards to evaluations, one of the best things about Toastmasters is that everybody gets evaluated. And so for some of your listeners, listeners might not know is that the whole idea is that everybody gets an evaluation and we do a round robin. So the next meeting is a whole different set of assignments. So everybody gets a chance to both uh, speak and to evaluate others.
0: Yeah, and I think that when I, when I forced myself to sign up, and, you know, a volunteer to be a speech evaluator and give evaluations, because I knew it's something that I had to work on, I started to get better at receiving evalu- the evaluation and, and the feedback. It's interesting, like, like you said, it's, yeah, because I, I I understand how much effort I put into it, and I really want to give the person value, but I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I do want to point out things that I saw, if and just be honest, you know, and also give praise when necessary. So I know how much thought and energy I put into it, and then I realize, mm-hmm, when somebody's giving me an evaluation and they're pointing out things that I could have done better or I, I could work on. They're actually trying to help me. And, and that's what I realized is Toastmasters was so valuable is it's a room full of people who really do want to help each other. And it's all, we're all there just trying to get better at, at one common thing, which is public speaking and communication. But in that one thing, it helps in all areas of our lives. It's, I could see the confidence grow in a lot of our members. A lot of members, like Joseph, he joined the same time as I did. And mm-hmm. the thing is, with Joseph, he he made a speech recently uh, about how he has a, pe- a speech impediment, and he was he was born with it. And you know, and that's why he feels so strongly about volunteering mm-hmm. uh, to to help to to be a big brother. Or I, I think it were a mentor. Yeah, being a mentor to kids with special needs and it was so touching and I for me what was so inspiring is seeing his confidence level grow because he's Mm -hmm. been there just as long as I have we joined together and he signed up to be Toastmaster of the evening the other day and Uh did a great job and yeah I could see that it by by working on the thing that we fear the most I guess like everything else starts to become more uh, achievable, attainable. I guess it doesn't. You know, I don't know. But
1: it's true. It really, uh, you really. What what I love about Toastmasters is to see that growth and confidence in everybody from their very first speech, and over time, their confidence just grows every time they reach the stage. And you you mentioned that it really Toastmasters is sort of a, a self-selecting group. It's it's a group of people who are committed to to work and improve themselves over time. And being in that room full of people, I know in in, in the Brookhaven Club great club of individuals who are all dedicated to improving each other and improving themselves over time
0: yeah and and i and i i feel so uh, is honored the right word i feel so honored privileged to be there sometimes because i see the amount of effort and preparation that each person puts in um especially when somebody presents a speech uh both so Bo is a I don't have you met Bo I think he joined after you moved so yeah but Bo, Bo is an older gentleman and he joined right about the time he was retiring and wrapping up his business and mm-hmm. um what he does restoration mm-hmm. uh, but the funny thing is he was a Toastmasters he was a Toastmaster a long time ago maybe I forget when he said maybe 20, 30 years ago uh-huh. and he went through the whole program and he was he went through all the um, I guess they, it was a competent disease. Anyways, he went through the course and he said he originally joined because when he started his business, he was so shy. He, it would, it would, he would physically have reactions and start shaking and he couldn't talk to people because he was so insecure and so shy. Mm -hmm. And, but he said he knew he had to get over it because he started his own business. And he took a Dale Carnegie course or something like that. One of those big name mm-hmm. motivational speakers. And he mm-hmm. said it helped, but it really didn't help him get over his fear of speaking. And I think that's what Toastmasters mm-hmm. does, because it gives you the opportunity to get, feel that rush and that adrenaline and, you know, and that fear that strikes and then get more and more familiar with it. But he said that when he joined Toastmasters, he got so good. At talking to people, it helped so much that he his business took off, and he no longer had time to go to the meetings anymore.
1: <laughs> so funny, that's
0: uh, yeah. So he got so busy he couldn't even attend the meetings anymore, and mm-hmm. that's why he he stopped going to the meetings. But he's saying now that he's retiring, he has more time, and he's saying that he always wanted to continue, and that's why he's at our club now. And um, I'm actually his mentor. Is that crazy? <laughs> he, he, yeah. So they paired me up with Bo, and I was like, "Are you sure?" But like you said, I le- you learn more from your mentees. than you- <laughs> I got. I think I got you beat on that. I'm learning so much from him. <laughs> but another another member who just joined recently, um, I'm his mentor as well, and we had a conversation over Google Hangouts or, or meetups or something like that, kind of like a Zoom, and we were. Talking, and I was surprised at how much I knew. How, he, he would ask questions about certain things about the meetings and certain roles and about the speeches and how he could have done his icebreaker better. And I was so shocked at how, how I was probably parroting a lot of what Courtney said and what I heard you say in the evaluations. And Natalia, she used to give <laughs> a fantastic evaluations, but it's just, it's just really incredible how much your brain picks up, how much data it collects, and it just sits there. You never even know it's even there until you start mentoring someone and they start asking questions. You're like, holy cow, I, don't even, I didn't even know I knew that. You know?
1: <laughs> That's true. Really, what's so great about Toastmasters is you learn by doing and you learn by watching and, and learn by evaluating. So it's, I really believe that public speaking is something you can't learn from reading a textbook. It's it's something you can only learn by doing. And so unlike the Dale Carnegie class, which is I don't know, a three day, five day seminar, you know, Toastmasters is something you commit to one night a week, just one or two hours a week, and you do it every week. It's sort of like you're doing going to the gym to do reps. Yeah. Over time, just that repetition and learning and experimentation, taking a risk to try a different speech you've never done before. Yeah. and Keep improving. That's what makes it so special.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's like working out that muscle, that that public speaking muscle every week. Absolutely. You know what? That's a great point because um, there was a time where I kind of got busy and then I wasn't sure if I was going to um, take another position mm-hmm. as a lead groomer at a location, but I, I skipped a few weeks and then it was like, it was almost like I didn't really want to go back. And I kept giving myself mm-hmm. reasons why I didn't really need to go back anymore. But then- you know, yeah, I made myself go back to another meeting and then got back into it. But it's just like the gym. If I if I miss a week or two, ah, I might miss a month or two.
1: <laughs> it's it's true. It's something you got to continuously practice because I think uh, like for Bo, he did it. Then he went away for a decade and you kind of got to all over again. And so it's really it's something you just got to continuously practice and continuously improve and get better with.
0: Yeah. You know what? That's a good point because even though... He did. He, he's a veteran Toastmaster, if you want to say. But, yeah, when he did his icebreaker, I could see the nerves back again. And it's probably kind of like going back to the gym after a decade. You yeah. know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and much like the gym analogy, you know, you have some people who go to the gym every day. Oh. Uh, one of the best speakers I've ever seen was actually confessed to me. I asked, What is your secret? He says every day of the week he goes to a different Toastmasters club. So he's a Monday club, a Tuesday club, a Wednesday club. Wow. Every day he has a different club giving various speeches. And so it's sort of if uh, you want to be the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Toastmasters, you gotta go to the gym or the Toastmasters <laughs> every day of the week.
0: <laughs> it's true. And there's no there's no high there's no faking it you can't just yeah cuz it shows when you get up and make a speech it's interesting it's true yeah so when people ask me like what is it like what's a meeting like and and the crazy thing is even when they tell me that they they want to join they want to come to one of the meetings and i tell them it's online uh the night of they're just like oh i don't know and i think it's that state that fear that that fear of other people may be judging us or us not being able to speak as well as we want to in front of new people. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I tell people think of it like an art class for your words. Instead of using paint and colors to paint a clear picture for someone, we're learning how to use our words to communicate an idea and paint a clear picture to someone else, what we're thinking using our words to communicate and Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I like that analogy. I really like that analogy. And I have a, a confession for you. Uh, don't tell Jessica and Meredith, but maybe they'll learn about it. Is when I first showed up at my very first Brookhaven Toastmasters meeting, I went and drove in the parking lot and I got too nervous and I didn't oh. get in the car. Then the second, the following week, I get, went to the parking lot, I got out of my car, I walked to the door, but my nerves got to me. I couldn't walk through the door, I went back to my car, drove home my third night, finally, wow, I the car walked through the door and met everybody and had my very first meeting so it's it's common to have nerves this is this is common this, this is yeah. not, thing, but you got to keep pushing yourself to go over that threshold because you don't want to let your fear holding you back,
0: yeah. It- The thing is, it it has helped me in something as stupid as getting caught in the middle of the woods with my dogs at night because the sun is going down earlier now. And this was last year, but I never knew I was scared of the dark. But um, I found out when I was (laughs) stuck in the middle of a trail. So it wasn't like I could just turn back because it was just as far as I turned back. So I'm stuck Mm -hmm. in the middle of the woods, completely dark, couldn't see anything. Um, turning on my flashlight just kind of made it worse because it just lit up a bright spot in front of me, but then everything else looked too dark. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure tr- I turned, I have my flashlight off, adjust, my eyes adjusting to the dark and I was terrified. <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say this because at 39 years old, I'm scared of the dark, <laughs> but it wasn't like I would, like I'm scared of a dark house because I know where I can turn on the lights, you know, but just being, not being able to get out of that situation and mm-hmm. not, not really being in control really because i just every noise in the forest but then i think it's because like you said it's like forcing myself to get in front of people and and confront that that fear Mm -hmm. because your body has that physical reaction the sweaty palms the shaky knees all of that and the fear just shoots down your spine i think because it's like that muscle that we exercise every week, and I feel it more and more. And I, I'm like, hmm, I recognize this. It's familiar. You know, it's not so scary. I think that's why I was able to get through the, <laughs> the rest of the trail um, without, without really freaking out. I breathed. I did all the stuff that I would do during a speech to calm myself down.
1: That is interesting. It's really that, that fight or flight. And then you have yes. mastered and toastmasters taking a whole other domain being walking in the dark and to use that and overcome your fear to get home.
0: Yeah. Just keep, just keep walking one foot of the other. And yeah. And, and if I did hear a weird sound or something, I would just, you know, and sometimes my body would have that automatic reaction where I would just jump and look to, you know, whatever made a snapping sound. But then again, just, I remember this feeling, you know, and just calm down. But you know where I got the idea is Mark. I, I'm not sure if you met Mark. Mark was another member that joined, kind of when I joined, but maybe after you moved. But he he had he had a stutter, and he doesn't stutter anymore. Isn't that crazy? When he first came and he introduced himself to the club and he did his icebreaker, even mm-hmm. he had a, he had a very noticeable stutter. But it, it went away the more and more he worked at it, and he would stop and breathe and and just pause for a moment and then continue and uh, so he was practicing a toast that he was going to do at, at a wedding and i asked him afterwards how did you do and he said oh man i i did, i think i did great and i, I was like did did you think that the meetings helped like practicing did it help at all he was like oh yeah he was he was like not no question about it because he said the the nerves that he felt when he started to make a speech he, he was like, I remember this. It's familiar. and Yeah, it's like, wow.
1: That's a great story. Yeah, I've, I've met uh, over my time in Toastmasters a few people who, who do have a stutter and, and watch them to overcome that is really inspirational because I, I think with a lot of speech impediments. If you work on it, you keep practicing it. A lot of them you can overcome. And I myself have had a little bit of impediments when I was a, a child. And so that's another reason that Toastmasters is so near and dear to me is because it's it's another way to kind of keep, keep practicing and keep overcoming that, that, that fear.
0: Yeah. Well, myself too, I have a stutter and I tend to, well, I don't stutter a lot, but I, I sometimes get overexcited and words try, tend to come out faster than I, I can keep up with. And yeah, so I, I do that a lot. And then when I get nervous, something clicks in my brain, I think, where I just I just say really stupid things. I think it's part of it is maybe the fear of people are going to laugh at me. So if I make a joke or something, then at least I can feel like they're laughing with me or I I don't know what it is. But yeah, I've been working on that a lot though. And I forget who told me, I think it was Marianne. She's a distinguished toast, but but anyways, um, I think it was her. But yeah, they were saying sometimes the giddiness and the goofiness takes away from the message. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've really been working on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, so I'll just uh, end with the, uh, this analogy that John told me. So uh, uh, John ha- John H., we'll call him. <laughs> but um, <laughs> John, he told me that uh, the the, the to- these, these meetings, these weekly meetings, have more value to him than his entire MBA, master sure. his business degree. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that shocking. But um, one thing that he told me that really stuck, he told me, think of it like a golf swing. And I'm not a golfer because I tried and I went on the driving range. I went on a part three course. I ended up just quitting in the middle of it because I can't hit the ball straight. It keeps going to the right or left. Mm-hmm. And he told me, think of it like a golf swing. He's like, if you try to hit it as hard as you can or whack it, you're never going to learn. He's saying you have to just, concentrate on the form concentrate on your movement and just hitting the ball softly but straight and it doesn't have to go far it just has to go straight it has Mm -hmm. to go where you intend and then once you're able to do that and you get the foundation down you get the form down then you can add power and you can hit it further and further Mm -hmm. and I realized that was my problem when I first started making speeches I wanted to be so profound I wanted to knock it out of the park and I wanted the whole entire room to be moved. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think by trying to do that, I was, I was uh, hitting it to the right or left. I couldn't hit straight because I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to add so much power to my speech Mm -hmm. um, with no real foundation. Right. And so he was saying, practice, rehearsing the speech, going over the three points, the opening, the body and the closing He's saying, you know, make a very technically sp- sound speech and practice delivering that and just hitting the ball straight. And once you're able to do that and you have a solid foundation, you have good form, then you can add the emotion and the power later. And I was like, wow, John, freaking genius.
1: I, I like that. I like that analogy a lot. And you know what? I've actually also heard from other MBAs who said the same thing that they said their experience in Toastmasters, which cost. Uh, less than $100 a year, it was more valuable to them than their MBA, which can cost in excess of $100,000, $200,000 nowadays. And so that's interesting. It's that literally, it's not just about speaking, it's also about leadership, like you're doing now, as a vice president of the club. It's it's a combination of both. And you, you realize that communicators and, le- and leaders, it's not something you, you they don't, you learn in a book, it's something you learn by doing. And as you mentioned, with the golf analogy, you get better each, each time, each time around the way, uh, to, you know, hitting the ball a little bit in the right direction. And that's what's so inspirational about Toastmasters.
0: Exactly. Yeah. He, the way he put it was learning to deliver the speech you intend to deliver, you know, delivering the message you intend to, and then you can add emotions later once you get better at that. And I was like, wow, John, What a great analogy. And I think more in the speech, learning how to make a speech, learning how to get in front of the audience, that is all great as well. But another element of Toastmasters that I love is learning to work as a team, the evaluation team. So they have a grammarian who listens specifically for the good or improper use of the English language. They present a word of the day that expands my vocabulary. I'm learning words that you know, like, uh, what was the, anyways. <laughs> but that, that's, I love that part. I love learning a new word every week. Mm-hmm. And then we have the ah counter. Somebody whose only duty, who's, whose sole role is to listen for filler words, ahs, ums, you knows. There's another person who's keeping time. And that's so important to learn how to keep it brief. And yep. not, not waste people's time. And I, I compare it to, uh, what was his name? Uh, it's called Never Split the Difference. Chris Boss. He's a okay. former FBI agent. And in, a, in the book, he describes how the reason why the FBI are so successful at negotiations is because they have a team of people listening and on the call. They mm-hmm. have one person listening for background noise, one person listening for in- intonations inflections in his voice Mm -hmm. and and things like that and one person is actually doing the talking but i feel like that's why toastmasters is so valuable as well and why it's so successful is because we learn how to work as a team and and also uh, uh, several people have mentioned it before and i felt it as well when i'm the counter and my duty is to listen for filler words i kind of miss the speech i kind of miss you know a lot of the what people are the actual message because I'm just listening for that and mm-hmm. when I'm the grammarian it's you know it's different I'm listening just for that and I I realize there's a lot of different ways to listen it, it teaches you how to how to be a better listener it teaches you how to work as a as a team member in a group also to lead the lead the team when you're the general evaluator i just What's your favorite? What's your favorite role? Do you have a favorite role, John?
1: Sure. My my favorite role is being the table topics master. And for your for your listeners who don't know, a table topics is an impromptu speech. Basically, you're given a, a question that you have no idea what the question will be, and you're asked to speak for at least a minute, if not two. Yeah, it's great because I'm usually so scared of receiving a table topics. So when I'm the <laughs> table master, I know I can't be asked the table topics. <laughs> So those are my happy days in Toastmasters, and I think that's such a useful skill, the reason being it's a very common nowadays. Your boss stops by your, your office, uh, of course, pre-COVID, and asks you about X, Y, Z, you know nothing about. And so you're able to kind of talk like a politician to talk about something you do know about but sound like you do <laughs> boss wants to talk about. And it's a great skill to master. And you see that a lot of a lot of politicians have really mastered that skill when they get asked a question by a reporter and they answer the question that they want to answer instead. And it's such a powerful skill to develop in Toastmasters. masters.
0: Yeah, it is. And even if you have no idea what you're talking about, just stretch it out for a minute. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, man, I, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We've already been talking for 30 minutes about Toastmasters. I mean, but, so, John, I remember one thing that you did tell me, though, is that whenever you're new in town, whenever you make, move to a new new city or a new place, the first thing you do now is look for a Toastmasters Club. And I thought that was a really great way to kind of meet people in a new place, in a new city, because that's one of the biggest concerns, right? How do I make new friends?
1: Exactly. I, I've always felt that Toastmasters is my tribe. So where am I going to meet members of my tribe? It's, it's through Toastmasters. You meet a group of people who are just committed to improving themselves and helping to improve others and by extension, helping to improve the world. So it's true. I am sort of a nomadic person. I, I tend to move around a lot. And the first thing I do whenever I move to a new city is find a local Toastmasters club and join it within the first week.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, I, I I think that's a great idea. Next time I make a move to a new city, I'm actually, now that you mention it, I think I'm going to maybe start visiting other clubs as well, you know, because I feel like I'm kind of getting comfortable with this group, you know, it's a great group, but maybe the reason why I don't feel so nervous anymore giving speeches in front of this group, because it's familiar faces now. Maybe I need to just every once in a while, shake it up and go visit a different club.
1: I recommend that. Actually, I think that is that's a really very truthful thing. Is that when you get too comfortable, you don't you kind of lose that fear factor. So Atlanta has lots of tremendous Toastmasters clubs. Of course, Brookhaven Toastmasters is one of the best, but I would encourage you to visit others. And there's no reason you can't join two or three or, or seven if you if you're if you're crazy, <laughs> you want, as many as you want.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to do that, especially because. Yeah, I want to keep stretching and growing. And I, like the gym analogy we started with, uh, you can't just keep doing the same routines because your butt, your muscles get used to it. You have to switch it up. That's true. Yeah, well, thanks so much for, I mean, anything else you wanted to add? Any Anything that maybe a listener that's listened up to this point, which is like 33 minutes, which means they're serious about, <laughs> you know, wanting to get better at public speaking. Uh, anything you wanted to say just to wrap up? Sure. Well, I want to
1: tell listeners that as a guest, they are free to attend as many meetings at a many, as many clubs as they want to. So there's there's no cost to Toastmasters as a guest. Uh, you can attend a meeting uh, right now, currently over Zoom, but in the near future in person. And there really is, there's no cost. There's no downside of going to a meeting. And so you have nothing to lose to exploring, exploring Toastmasters.
0: Yeah. I, um just to piggyback on that, I think I made three or four visits to that Brookhaven club before I actually became a member and signed up. And what I like about it is that even as a guest, you can still participate in the meeting in the table topics portion where that John mentioned, which is the impromptu speeches. That's uh, the third part of the meeting. And you don't have to. There's no pressure. But as a guest, you can still practice, get a, get up in front of an audience. Oh, I guess that was pre pre pandemic. Now, now it's in front of the zoom, but you know, you get a chance to speak in front of an audience, you know, with the random question that you, you couldn't prepare for almost like practicing for a small talk with a stranger or something, or if your boss asks you about something like you just mentioned, but yeah, I think that as a guest, it's a great way to kind of meet new people who are supportive one thing that I noticed, and I, I, I'm, I'll seriously wrap up with this. One thing I noticed in this one YouTube video I saw about the World Series of Speakers, I think is what it's called, right? The big championships contest that Toastmasters holds every year. Yep. Yeah. The second place, I listened to that speech, and when he was finished, the crowd erupted. They roared in in a support and it moved me i remember feeling so touched by that because for me i grew up in a very critical uh mm-hmm. environment and you know if i got up and made a speech even if i did a good job you know it's like my cousins and family members and stuff they'd be like oh, look at him he thinks he's a big shot and things like that very not supportive and i think that that's one refreshing thing about you know, finding a tribe like this, like you say, John, like of supportive people who are encouraging and they, they want others to succeed. They're working on their own goals. Um, it's just incredible to find a group of people like this or like-minded. And it's voluntary. So, you know, everybody, you know, and I don't think anyone's required to join Toastmasters, right, John? Unless it's like a corporate thing. But even a corporate club, you're not required to join it, right?
1: Completely voluntary It is there's it's just a voluntary association uh, and there's no hidden objective it's just all about members helping members to improve themselves
0: yeah i think that's i'm I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this hopefully uh, anybody who has listened to this up until now really consider it i mean john and i are i, I consider him a really good friend especially because he's so patient with me sometimes but <laughs> I, 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 you know, I just feel like wow. I, I feel so lucky to consider him a friend and have this relationship that we have. And it would have never happened had we not met at Toastmasters.
1: That's so true, and, and thank you, June. It's been a pleasure. I really have enjoyed uh, talking with you, and I, I really once once again think that when I've seen you speak, you've inspired me because you have a great sense of humor uh, and able to use words to really convey your message. And so I think when I get after this whole coronavirus is over, I get a chance to go back and visit Atlanta. I want to be sure to come back and, and visit a meeting of the Brookhaven Toastmasters Club and, and see you speak
0: again in person. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you bring a notebook, John. Take notes. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, John. Have a great night. All right. You too. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye.